They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men power trip of wrestling. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, powered by ProWrestlingTees.com. Wrestling shirts are cool, again, and every single wrestling t-shirt you've ever wanted is on ProWrestlingTees.com. I am Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only Primetime John Paz. John, how are you? Hey, yo, I'm doing pretty damn good. Chad, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, and today our guest on the show is former WCW manager Sonny Ono, a very, very interesting guest, and a great poll by our booker extraordinaire. Has a lot of great stuff uh, happening very, very soon. Uh, after, I guess, not really being... Too, uh, too active around the wrestling business the last couple of years. Uh, but talking about what he's got coming up, talking about his WCW run, how he got into the business, and some absolutely amazing stories about the inner workings of WCW's relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I felt like that was a story that we had to ask him about, obviously. And uh, such a cool basically to learn about the inner workings of how how it went, his uh, prior relationship with Eric Bischoff, who was in charge of WCW at the time, and how he brought in Sonny Ono, who was a longtime friend of his, to be a liaison between WCW and New Japan and kind of, um, I guess, like recreate the spark between those two huge, huge wrestling companies who who had a very... Um, I guess you could say rocky relationship at a certain point, but when Bischoff came in and took control, he wanted to uh, sew that up. He wanted to make a nice relationship with New Japan and uh, obviously bring over the great, great stars from New Japan and also send over the great, great stars at WCW to Japan as well. And Sonny Ono was a huge, huge part of that. Yeah, he totally was a huge part of it, and he really gave us, I think, the best... Uh, detailed explanation that we've gotten from anybody so far on a uh, very, very big business deal and uh, how, really, how much uh, went into it. And I thought that that was very cool and that, uh, you know, his relationship with Bischoff goes back so much that Bischoff really, really entrusted him to uh, to get in with that, uh, you know, New Japan inner circle and really uh, flourish the relationship. Uh, but we also got into, you know, some of the great great WCW personalities that Sonny Ono managed. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me, and I always like to put you on the spot, but I want to see if uh, we're on the same level here. So if we're not, I will come back to it. But uh, what, was, what stood out to you about his uh, favorite part of his WCW run or his favorite uh, managed uh, entities while in WCW? You know what, that, that was really interesting to find out because he managed so many cool guys. Obviously, the Japanese contingent at one point, he was associated with Muda and Chono and Liger and, and all of the big-name guys. But also, the up-and-comers, like Yuji Nagata, who's a huge, huge star in Japan now and, and for years. But when he was in WCW, he was just a, a young lion, and he was just coming up. But the most interesting part that he really enjoyed was Akira Hokuto and, and all the Japanese women that he actually got to manage. I mean, that was really cool to find out and yeah. the stories behind that and Medusa and the fuse there and stuff. But that was surprising to hear, but um, kind of cool. He was uh, he was very impressed with uh, the women wrestling at that point. Yeah, and he uh, he went as far as to try to talk to Kevin Sullivan about 
you know, what is there else for the women's division to do? And it was just a uh, loss in the shuffle. And it was uh, unfortunate because, yes, it is a small footnote in WCW because it was just right, right as they were getting hot. So you could see how it got lost in the shuffle. But uh, very interesting from his point of view for that to be his, uh, his favorite time managing somebody in WCW during the heat and the heart of that uh, NWO and the absolute rise of WCW, which we know would absolutely fall, which also led to a uh, very large lawsuit uh, that Sonny Ono was a part of against WCW, but of course not implicating his good friend Eric Bischoff. It had to do more with the man who would replace Eric Bischoff in the creative role, and that was Vince Russo. Yeah, I mean, that that story is out there, and it's... uh... It's kind of crazy because, you know, of course it involves Vince Russo, but it is obviously a lot of it is true and uh, some racist comments he made. And, I mean, he couldn't get too into the actual uh, litigation part and the the lawsuit part, but uh, let's just say that Vince Russo is a little crazy. He's a little out there and uh, possibly a little racist. Um, (laughs) And he did cause quite a stir over there in WCW. Yeah, of course, possibly being stressed because we don't know. We can't accuse, nor will we. Uh, it was Sonny Ono's interpretation of the whole ordeal. We were just recipients of that information. Uh, but, yeah, I completely agree. With, uh, what he explained to us was uh, quite eyebrow-raising, uh, to say the least. But uh, tell us a little bit about what Sonny Ono has going on now because when we spoke to him, this is uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, it actually – had yet to have been announced um, formally, and he said it was in the works, it was going to be huge. And uh, he was right. It's a pretty big deal, this uh, new project that he's a part of, and uh, is a pretty big name that's coming back into the United States, and Sonny Ono is going to be right smack in the middle of it. Yes, the great Muta, KG Muto, is returning to the United States, and it's actually coming up this week, a.k.a. next week, in a couple of days, the store, uh, tour starts. Excuse me there. On June 23rd, and it starts at the 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena, over there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's Wrestle One, Great Muda's League, along with APWA Wrestling. And they will be teaming up to put on a few joint shows, but the first show will be June 23rd in Philly. And if you haven't been to the 2300 arena yet you should get over there it's completely renovated completely revamped they redid the ecw arena it's very nice now and yes you will have an actual bathroom to go into for those of you who are people that used to go to ecw arena like myself i've been there a few times back years ago when there was not a very nice bathroom i'm sure a lot of people know what i'm talking about but now it's a totally renovated and uh, redone building so really cool stuff and it's awesome that great Muda is back in the United States next week. It's just amazing. And his whole Wrestle One crew is there. But not only that, of course, Sonny Ono will be a part of that, a big part of the shows. And one of the guys that I'm most looking forward to seeing is Kevin Sullivan, the devil himself. Kevin Sullivan will be a huge part of those shows as well. Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty huge. Uh, great Muta, a.k.a. KG Muto. I know he's one of your favorites, and uh, I know seeing him live, the spectacle and the aura that he carries is definitely uh, uh, a trip to remember. So if you contend uh, any of those shows, uh, we definitely strongly suggest it, and please support Sonny Ono. And, uh, John, with that being said, I'm going to turn the reins over to you. I'm going to take the keys out. I'm going to get in the back seat and hand them over to you. You can start this car get us down the road that's enough automobile uh, analogies out of me tell us where we can find some two-man power trip of wrestling business and uh yeah let's hear from sunny ono next before we get into some tmp tmpt business excuse me just want to say go to apwrestling.com for all news on the big russell one apwa show featuring sunny ono the Great Muda, the Barbarian, Kevin Sullivan, and many others. So now, also have to thank 
Pro Wrestling Tees, who is a sponsor of our show as we were in Seaside last week. It was great that they could sponsor us. We had a great time. I just want to throw that out there. Big thank you to Ryan and the crew over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Thank you, guys. Big time. Now, Big time. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Now, some TMPT business. The two-man power trip of wrestling. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review. Give us some feedback. Please like us on Facebook. Also, check us out on Twitter. At Wrestling Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. On the upper left-hand corner, there will be an Amazon link. Please click on that link and do all of your Amazon shopping through us. We get a little bit of kickback. Keep the show alive and kicking. That would be great. So now let me please turn it over to a man that was a liaison for WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, a very, very underrated and great manager. Please enjoy Sonny Ono. Is a man who you may remember from WCW as the villainous heel manager, but I think we all can kind of agree that this man is the true inventor of the selfie, and that is Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono, thank you for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Hey, thanks for having me, Chad. John, and uh, I like to be known as innovator of selfie. You know, since since uh, I was out there, before the cell phone had a camera, I was out there with a little Fuji camera, uh, uh, sponsored by Fuji Film. Uh, we were, I was doing a selfie back uh, before, you know, we, had, we held the computer in our hands, so... Uh, uh, it, it's nice to be known for something, but but I do have to argue with you on your my intro on uh, being being a heel manager. I, you know, I mean, I, look, it depends. That's all depends on the perspective. If I am an American wrestler, maybe I was a heel manager, but in Japan, I was a babyface. Very true. <laughs> I do stand corrected on that. But yes, like you said, uh, you know, in America where. You know, we majority of the fans, I guess, got their first exposure to Sonny Ono. Uh, as we said, the innovator of the selfie. You know, the you had a stable of guys that was so impressive during the heyday of WCW, the biggest time in WCW's business. And uh, definitely, you know, I got to say one thing that you said that I was never aware of. So you were actually sponsored by Fujifilm? Well, actually, it's one of those things that it's 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 a really um, um, when I started doing the selfies with uh, Fuji Disposable, this was back, you know, when Kodak and Fuji was still fighting amongst, you know, they, they were the two big companies that you could go and buy a disposable. And and uh, um, what happened was, as I started doing it, um, you know, because of my contact in, in Japan and, and a lot of Japanese business, um, you know, there isn't too many famous Japanese television personality in the United States, so um, I was approached by uh, 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 people from Fuji to uh, actually they, they were going to give us a lot of money to do that to uh, sponsor maybe one of the pay-per-view and stuff for uh, uh, WCW, but um, apparently uh, um, Time Warner um, um, they had a deal with uh, um, some kind of contracted deal to what type of film that to be used and stuff like that, and I couldn't get that through, so we left that money on the table, which, which is kind of sad, really. But, uh, um, yeah, we, we, there's a lot of things that we could have done that I could tell you a lot of story about that we left a lot of money on the table uh, during the oh, WCW sure. days. Yeah, I'm sure, but I'll tell you, so now, actually, just kind of sticking with this, and we're going to definitely get more into uh, WCW as we, we progress, but, uh, you know, was the selfie picture-taking something that was organic, or was it something that you did and either said, wow, this is cool, or did anybody in management actually give it the, uh, you know, the head nod and be like, all right, keep going with it? No, no, well, what happened was, um, um, you know, it just, look, if, if you if you take a stereotypical image of how American views Japanese. Let, let, let's, let's do that first. So stereotypical, um, uh, you know, is, is of Japanese at the time where um, they always took pictures. Japanese love taking pictures. That's what they're known for. 
they, they travel all over the world, and they like you know they all have camera. So you know, I said, well, you know, let me. That, so that was something I came up with, and I said, well, you know, since I don't have a photographer with me, so I said, let me do, let me take my own picture with all my you know famous wrestlers. So yeah, I came up with that, and and uh, they said, yeah, you know, I mean, nobody said I couldn't do it anymore. Um, um, and and so we just we just ran with it, you know. It was not it was nothing offensive to anybody, um, and and uh, um, we had a great time. And and actually, you know, we could have had uh, a very fruitful relationship with Fuji uh, uh, Film, but um, you know, just like I said, that's beyond my control. So, right. Uh, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, I I was I was very fortunate. And and let me let me first by saying that. Blessed, fortunate, you know, being being at the right place at the right time, knowing the right people at the right time. However, you want to put it, you know, I, I was fortunate to be to be able to get into professional wrestling. Um, being fluent in Japanese and English that helps a lot, um, uh, and that's one of the reason I got my job, um, an initial job working for WCW. Um, um, Eric Bischoff and I have uh, uh, been friends for, you know, gee, almost 40 years. And and uh, uh, we used to travel the karate circuit together, and he knew I was fluent in Japanese. So, uh, um, you know, when he, when he had to go and uh, repair some business with New Japan Pro Wrestling, he asked me to come along with him just for a ride. And uh, by, the, by the end of the meeting with New Japan, um, I had a job. You know, um, um, at that time I was still teaching martial arts and, and self-defense classes, and I, uh, that was towards the end of my, uh, um, you know, my fighting careers as, as a as a karate person, and so he just kind of transitioned into the, uh, you know, the business part of WCW as a consultant to to. Uh, um, you know, streams, streamline the relationship between New Japan and, and WCW because um, I had a direct line to Eric. So, you know, J- uh, uh, New Japan was happy with that relationship. And then and once we started bringing the Japanese talent over, which which I believe to be one of the, uh, you know, the great opportunity we had, and everything kind of fell into place because we were expanding Obviously, you know, start of Nitro and Thunder and so on. We were expanding WCW, and we needed more talent. And so, you know, having that Japanese talent along with, you know, those cruiserweights that was working for New Japan at the time came over and became a big star, including Chris Jericho, you know, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Ultimo Dragon. And then, you know, then I got to manage some of the great luchadors, like Psychosis, La Parca, you know, El Dandy, you know, Damien, all those guys that I got to, to, to uh, you know, I was kind of like international talent manager. And, um, um, you know, it was, it was a, a great time. And then, of course, we brought in those huge stars from Japan, you know, the Muda and, and Chono, and, you know, later on we had a Yuji Nagata, who, uh, who was a big star over there still. And so is Muda, and, and Chona has kind of retired from wrestling now. But Ultimo Dragon, uh, probably, arguably, greatest cruiserweight to ever face, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, square circle. Um, and I got to manage him. Matter of fact, I managed him uh, just uh, about a month ago in, in Sacramento and the King of Indies. So, uh, uh, that was, you know, that was like 15 years in making. So, yeah. you know. It was just a great times. Yeah, and like I said, you you know, impressive, impressive talent stable that you were with, and you touched on it very briefly, and that's your relationship with Eric Bischoff. And it kind of leads to where I wanted to go first, and John's going to dig deep into your WCW years, but you helped create, or maybe you could clarify in, in your role, but Eric Bischoff touches on it in his book, Controversy Creates Cash, and that is the children's game Ninja Star Wars, and he credits you know your your help and assistance with that. Tell us a little bit about Ninja Star Wars and the promotion that the AWA originally gave to that game and helped Bischoff kind of get in the door at the AWA. Well, you know, I, I think Eric Eric will tell you 
um, you know, I, I think you will uh, concur what I'm about to tell you is that um, Eric and I have been traveling a, a martial arts circuit as a fighter and and um, um, and as a competitor on all the national circuit. And um, Eric had a, a, a he was a collegiate wrestler, so and 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 type of the person he is is quite competitive. And when he blew out his knee. You know, he was looking for something else to do that kind of replaced his, his desire to compete. So he got involved in martial arts uh, up in Minneapolis. Um, and then, then uh, uh, it, it was called the uh, USA Karate and National Karate, which was uh, Worley's brothers. And uh, Gordon Franks was a super lightweight champion of the world. Um, and and, and those, that's why Eric used to work at one of the karate schools as an instructor. And I had my own studio down here in Iowa. So when we uh, I travel, generally they have, you know, we didn't do too many Canadian tournaments, so they would have to come through this way uh, to either get to Atlanta or North Carolina or Texas or Oklahoma, you know, Omaha. They generally come down this way. So we would ride together, travel the circuit, and that's how we got to be a close friend. And through that, you know, we've done some business together, um, uh, at one point, we owned a, we, we owned a chain of uh, a tanning salon together, and and which nobody will probably know, or he may not admit. Uh, and and one of the things is that I came up with this little a game. It's a kind of low tech, you know, a, a, a laser tag, if you can imagine. You would take a disc of a little little Velcro uh, uh, ninja stars, and you throw it at each other. And we had a vest and headbands and eye goggles. That uh, you know, if, if you're a black ninja or if you're a red ninja or a gray ninja, um, you wear a different costume. And, and uh, so we came up with this game and the scenarios and stuff like that. Well, you know, we used to play in in, in, in the karate schools, and and Eric said, "Man, you got to get this. We got to we got to sell this stuff." I said, "Why?" Well, you know. So we uh, uh, approached the uh, 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 manufacturer in Chicago, uh, who was a martial arts supplier. And had him uh, manufacture the, the the game, and now we we're talking about distribution. How do we get it out there? And Eric, and 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 he will probably tell you, and I I don't think you argue with me, that that uh, one of the reasons how he got into wrestling was because of that, uh, because of because of the game. What he says, why well, I, I got to get this on TV somehow. So we shot a commercial with a, a bunch of karate kids that I had down here in Iowa, uh, from my studio. And um, we shot a commercial. Eric directed the commercial, and Eric took it to um, uh, um, AWA because back in the days, they had how the television worked, and it still works in the same way a little bit. Is that a lot of times they don't give you money for your show; they give you time slots, they add advertisement slots. You can go out and sell, you know, to create revenue to produce your show. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Network didn't really give you money, mm-hmm. so what? So what happened was, so they had some time slot. So Eric made a deal with AWA um, uh, executive at the time, and uh, um, so you know we were selling the Ninja Star War on national television. But uh, the game did okay. We we, ne- we never got rich off of it. Uh, I still got some of that game somewhere around here, but because of that. Because of that relationship at AWA, they said, "Wow, you know, we love your game, we love what we're doing, but gee, well, you know, you're you're a good-looking guy who's well-spoken, obviously intelligent. Why don't you come and work for us?" And that's, and and you know, when you talk to Eric, you can ask you that. That's my recollection of how he got into wrestling, and and through that, he was, uh, I, I believe, he was selling. Um, uh, AWA television show to uh, then Atlanta-based uh, TBS, um, uh, Turner Broadcasting. And then um, from that, he got hired at World Championship Wrestling as a third-string announcer uh, at one of their syndicated shows. And rest is kind of history because he rose up and leapfrogged a bunch of people and next thing he knew he was a vice president of the operation and and uh, he was running a show and 
and you know, and and uh, he saw some opportunity in Japan, and he called me up one day and said, "Hey, you want to go to Japan with me?" And 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 that's began what I told you earlier, the the, the relationship between New Japan and Masa Saito and and Brad Rengans with our counterpart, and and um, and you know, I I really believe because of that relationship. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or pat Eric, you know, back, but I think because of that, I think made WCW different. Um, uh, we highlighted the new Japanese talent, uh, um, you know, I, and I think that we put them in a mainstream wrestling in the United States and introduced them to uh, the American audience how good they were. Yeah, definitely, and it made we made WCW so cool to have those awesome Japanese wrestlers along. But going back towards you, you were saying how you were basically a liaison between WCW and New Japan. But even um, before that, well, actually, I guess it's really after that, but before you became a manager on TV, it's funny, you kind of had little roles here and there, like you were a referee in a match between Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Ming. You were once a member uh, of the International Committee. You reinstated Rick Flair. You co-hosted collision in Korea. So I mean you had little cool roles here and there, but how did you actually jump from those little roles to actually becoming an on screen manager? Well what happened is is, is this. Um we had a talent relationship um and he, how he worked out was pretty good. Eric is pretty smart about um um being able to to tweak the relationship. First year was basically what happened was the previous management and mind you, you gotta you gotta you gotta look at this picture. I'm gonna paint you a picture. I go to Japan with Eric, not knowing anything about wrestling, not having any idea about wrestling, professional wrestling whatsoever. Um the Japanese wrestler, um, like Masa Saito, who's uh, a sixty four Olympian for Japan, uh you got Sagaguchi who was Olympian at judo, um, a towering man who's you know, is probably, you know, six eight. Um and you got you got meanest looking man you probably want to know uh, a guy like Choshu, um, and you know these these are, these are like in, in Japanese standard, you know they weigh you know for for Japanese guy weighing you know close to three hundred pounds are, are, are you know generally a sumo wrestlers or or these guys you know I previously mentioned, and they were when I sat down and meeting with them for the first time. And Eric basically told me, you don't have to say anything. Don't worry about it. You know, I'll do the talking, and you just sit and just, you know, kind of translate it for me. And and what happened was there was a guy named by Taiga Hattori who still works for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he, he lives in New York, so his English is very good. Um, his Japanese is, is, you know, he's from Japan. He went to school. He went to college there. So, um, But Hattori says to, to me, he says, you translate. And I look at Eric, and Eric goes, yeah, go ahead. And mind you, I haven't been back to Japan. You know, my I left Japan when I was like 11 years old. So, my Japanese are are uh, many times, you know, it, it's it's not up to par in the sense that um, because I never existed in the business part, adult world of speaking Japanese. But, you know, I I, I made it happen, translated, and as Eric is explaining out of his mouth, and I'm translating directly, not not having any, you know, prior knowledge of what happened. And and, uh, and and these mans that I, I you know like Masa and those guys are looking at us, not have no expression on their face except they look like they just want to kill us. And I'm looking at them like, what the hell did you do to these people? And as Eric speak, you know, he's tell, telling me that apparently there was the, the New Japan had paid the previous management of WCW upward of something like four hundred thousand dollars to do a talent exchange program so that some of our WCW talent can come over to New Japan and, and, and do some of their tours. Turns out, they took the money but didn't send the talent. So I'm looking at Eric going like, well, no wonder they want to kill us. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just you, you mean to tell me the guy who used to have your position took the money and didn't send him the talent. And he, and and, I'm, and to defense of that, not knowing what really happened, but you know, it had to do with the television and and timing and that kind of thing, you know. And I'm sure there was there was a a scheduling conflict, so they were they were they weren't they were very upset. So, but Eric, thinking and 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 uh, 
he's pretty good on his feet, and he says, "Let's just let's just start over the relationship. You don't pay us this year any money, but let me let me give you, you know, let me make up for that last year's debacle. I'll send you talent. Uh, we have a pretty good talent pool. Um, so that's that's how the relationship um, um, happened. But mind you, I was I was pretty scared." When I saw these guys, and I said, "God, we're going to end up on, you know, on 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 a Tokyo 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 Bay, <laughs> <laughs> you know." But um, uh, uh, ever since then, I'm I'm very close with Masa. You know, he's he's pretty sick now, but uh, Masa Saito, and we kept we kept in touch, and and uh, he's just a great guy, amazing amazing human being, and um, probably, you know, for in in my time, one of the best known Japanese talent of that era, you know what I mean? Like in mid-70s and 80s, I think Masa Saito was the guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, uh, with WCW, one thing that I thought was really cool, and I don't know if a lot of fans know this, but basically the one of the original invasion angles, so to speak, was when you guys, with you and the, the New Japan wrestlers, you guys invaded WCW Pro, which I used to watch every Saturday morning on TBS yeah. at 9.05, you guys invaded, and it was really, really cool that basically New Japan had taken over the show, and it was such a great way to watch all those awesome Japanese wrestlers like Liger and Chono, and like you said, Masa Saito wrestle on Saturday mornings. How did you enjoy yeah. working with those guys and basically, you know, quote-unquote, invading WCW? Well, you know, if you really think about it for just one second and you use the word invading, what do you think, you know... Where the NWO oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thing came from. Um, what happened was we're flying back. Eric, Eric and I are flying back from Japan, and and I mentioned to him, I said, you know, it's really too bad. I said, you know, big big mega fights and boxing and mega fights and this and that and WBA and WBC, you know, they do that. They, you know, they'll have a unifying championship. And I said, you know, too bad you can never do that. Was at that time it was WWF and and WCW. Too bad you can't do that. You know, like we're going to do this thing with New Japan. New Japan, you know, basically we did a storyline where Bobby Heenan sold me the Saturday night TV show, you know, and, and so that that's why I said, you know, because I, I played the character of Sonny Ono, who was, who was the, you know, one of the uh, rich Japanese businessmen. At that time, the Japanese economy was, a, you know, height of the bubble. And you know, the, you know, Japanese was coming over here because yen was yen was strong. They would come here and buy a lot of things because everything here was cheap, according to them. So we played up on that that angle, you know, of uh, somewhat of uh, uh, you know using the reality as a base. And and uh, I bought Saturday Night Show from Bobby Heenan and started bringing all those talent. And and you know, one of the things that. Um, um, I'm so glad that we got to do was that, you know, show some of those talent, you know, how how tight and how stiff and how they work in Japan. You know, there is no, you know, three-minute match in Japan. You know what I mean? I mean, matches mm-hmm. are, you know, 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes, um, even on their television shows. It's an actual match. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't change, they don't format things because of television time limit. And, uh, um, and those guys are amazing, you know, and physical specimen. So, um, you know, it was it was great to see, you know, got likes of Kanemoto and 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 uh, um, you know Tani, who's up in you know at that time was a, a cruiserweight. Um, um, they call him juniors over there. And of course, you know, um, once again, you know, one of the probably most famous uh, cruiserweight or uh, juniors in the country, you know, Jusha Thunder Liger. Um, um, so, you know, to working with those guys and being able to go on a tour with them and become friends with them and, you know, it, 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 it's an opportunity of a lifetime. And I don't think, I don't know if that opportunity will ever come about again, you know, be able to be able to use those guys. And Eric, as I, I touched on earlier, Eric was smart enough to take some of the, the, the uh, uh, a talent that was under contract with New Japan so on a second and third year relationship with New Japan, Eric hired uh, and put them on, instead of having a New Japan contract, they put those talent, those guys' talent, I'm talking about uh, Wild Pegasus, Chris Benoit, uh, Black Tiger, um, 
um, um, Eddie Guerrero, um, you know, and and uh, Dean Malenko, and those guys, and 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 uh, uh, of course Chris Jericho, um, and 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 we put them, put those Americans on WCW t- payroll, and because we had the because they allowed us to do that because the New Japan already had this um, um, talent exchange or talent relationship. So when New Japan wanted to use Chris Jericho, we could send him over there. And New Japan didn't have to pay them extra money because they were under our contract. So, you know, so that, those are the things that Eric did that was very smart um, and, you know, basically expanded their talent pool by being able to access our guys and we, you know, we expanded Allen talent pool, not only the Japanese, but putting those American that was working for New Japan on the WCW contract. You know, he's a pretty smart guy. And and touching on what you said was that invasion angle was, was you know, Eric and I are flying back from Japan, and, and I said, too bad we couldn't do that. And next thing I knew was that, you know, this this started the NWO angle. And the rest is history. Oh, yeah. Did you enjoy working with Great Muda and Chono? They kind of did almost a similar angle with you where you brought them in uh, back again on Nitro and you're kind of managing them, and then all of a sudden they turn and they join NWO Japan. Yeah, well, you know, NWO Japan angle for New Japan made amazing amount of money for uh, for that company, um, for New Japan, because I, I can tell you in summer of 1998, we sold upward about $5 million worth of T-shirts. Oh my God! Wow, it was it was pretty amazing, and unfortunately for the for the wrestlers, I don't think they got any of the money, but the company certainly made money. And you know, because the face of NWO Japan was Chono, and 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 uh, Muda, and and way you know I played part in that because um, you know because Chono double crosses me on on on, uh, on Nitro, and next week I bring Muda to avenge me, you know, and Muda turns on me, and thus. Those were the those were the uh, um, Kevin Nash and you know of of New Japan, you know, um, um, a version of NWO, you know. So and um, um, and it, 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 it just worked out great for everybody. But you know, like I said, let, retrospect, I'm glad I played part in it and 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 uh, birth of NWO Japan, and uh, you know, it, it just it just. Uh, you know, history kind of, you, you, you look back now, 15, 16 years ago, how things were um, and how that developed. You know, I I, I am so grateful that I was uh, be able to be part of that. Um, probably in height of uh, uh, most viewership, certainly, in, in, in American uh, pro wrestling. And, and it was probably height of uh, Japanese pro wrestling. At the time, I mean, you can argue about you know how famous things were back in fifties and sixties, but as far as viewership and, and and you know amount of amount of dollar he creates, I think it was probably the height of of wrestling. You know, between Nitro and 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 the um, Raw, I think more people were watching that show on Monday night than uh, a lot of the networks. You know, CBS, ABC, those television shows, we were beating those guys. So. Um, it was a good time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you were right there in the middle of two huge angles, obviously NWO and the NWO Japan, and then also the awesome World Cup of Wrestling, you know, WCW versus New Japan, and you're right there, right in the thick of both. So that had to be really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and i got to tell you, when you asked me earlier about the, um, you know, being being on-camera talent, you got to understand that Japanese, all these Japanese talent doesn't speak English, so... Um, mm, true. You know that that that's the reason why I got to be the you know on camera talent and be a manager, um, and and um, you know I done some martial art movies and stuff like that prior, so you know it's kind of natural transition into uh, um, uh, being on camera talent. You know um, it was pretty easy. Um, people like Bobby Heenan and 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 uh, you know those guys were uh, um, just so great. You know. Um, mean Gene Oakland, you know, those guys were so generous about helping me, you know, 
make sure I focused on what we were trying to achieve and, you know, what my character were and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun, you know. I think at one time we were doing a, a show in Sturgis, um, um, and, and, and one of the things we did was I think uh, I think we did a little angle where Colonel Parker was trying to sell uh, Mount Rushmore to me, and we were filming out there <laughs> one day, and, and uh, tourists were just absolute. I mean, there was tourists just walking by and listening to what we were saying, and I was talking about maybe putting Massa's face next to Washington, and, and or you know maybe Muda's face maybe you know we just get rid of all we just put our wrestler's face on there, and and I can just hear the fan just like you can't buy this this is owned by the United States you know people <laughs> interrupt us while we were filming they said no 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 I already bought it it's mine already you know you know, you know and and but it's funny it's just we got to do a lot of fun things and you know like I said I I am grateful for. Uh, um, you know, people can, people can, uh, uh, I mean, you can find negative in anything, but I, I can honestly tell you my experience with WCW is, is uh, you know, it was just fun time. It's a great experience. Um, and, and I got to do a lot of things, including going to North Korea and, and, you know, being, being able to, uh, run with, uh, a great Olympian like Masafaito and, and, and Mr. Sagaguchi, you know, I, you can't beat it. Now, definitely, there's a lot of positives, but there is one negative from WCW, and I don't know how much you can or can't talk about it, but that was the lawsuit you had against WCW, which I think a lot of it stemmed from the crazy Vince Russo era of WCW. But what exactly happened with that lawsuit? Well, it, 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 well no, tr- tr- trust me. When I, when I tell you this, um, this settled, and so I can't really talk about a lot of things, but, mm-hmm. you know, the simple thing is this. Is is a and, and you know people think it was like a big class action lawsuit. It wasn't. There was there was there was like ten guys or more sued the company, but they were all in, 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 independent, different lawsuits. But they ended up settling my case, um, and so they settled most of the cases. Um, uh, but you know you can't you can't say the things. You know Vince Russo came out on our uh, one of the. First day on a job on a WCW um, uh, podcast or uh, one of the shows where he, you know, he he actually said that he was from America and he, you know, he didn't want any Japanese or any Mexicans on on his TV and huh. proceeded to take everybody off TV, you know, um, and and uh, you know you, you, the thing he said and and you, people can look it up and find out. But you can't you can't make you know he can he can claim that he's not a racist, but he, then what is it? You can't say I don't like that group of people, and if if you if you if you signify that group with 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 a a, a race or a country, guess what? You're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> you know you, you can deny all you want and how you love America, but you know name like Russo. I guarantee you, you're not a native Indian. Um, you know, he, 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 somebody from his family came from Europe. I'm guessing. Um, you know, so but it's it's just silly, ignorant, and you know, part of. Um, uh, uh, and and I, I mind you, this is this is when Eric wasn't there anymore. You know, so. Um, um, and, and they were in panic stage. Uh, I believe Bill Bush was running a company at the time, um, and he, you know he was in a panic mode. He hired Vince Russo, and and you know how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> you know the whole thing didn't go over too well. You know, um, so and, I mean they even had to bring Eric back try to fix it. So yes, yeah, yeah very so, true. You know, but that's that's basically just of it. You know, you can, you you can't. You know, you can claim, you know, you're not doing anything bad, and you you can hide behind a lot of things, but you can't signify, you can't say the things like, I don't want no Japanese and I don't want no Mexican on my TV. (laughs) Not only say it, on WCW show, uh, a sponsor show certainly, and and proceeded to um, execute it. You know, he got rid of all the luchadors, got rid of all the Japanese talent. And, and he'll, he'll argue and he'll argue and maybe tell you that 
because I heard him say it before, and he said, well, we kept, we kept you know, we kept uh, uh, um, Rey Mysterio. Well, guess what? Rey Mysterio is from San Diego. You know, <laughs> he might be Mexican descent, but he's certainly not. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, you know, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's how much ignorant, you know, yep. his statement were. But anyway. I don't think he... I don't think he necessarily thinks out everything that comes out of his mouth, but we're going to change the mood a little bit. We're going to lighten the mood, and this is definitely also getting back to what we started talking about right out of the gate, and that is you being the innovator of the the selfie. What would be your favorite picture that you took if you could go back through the pictures and, and pick one out? Well, you know, and i got to tell you, probably one of the most colorful of uh, uh, talent, you know, there's two. I, I must say two. I can't, you know, it's really hard to do a favor because I have uh, Bonacano uh, is one of my favorite. Um, um, of course, you know, she she had her run with uh, uh, Medusa, um, the gray match, and, and and mind you, you know, I'm riding a Japanese crotch rocket into a, you know, <laughs> sea of Hardy Davidson as Sturgis, you know. So, uh, and it was a bike versus bike match where, one can crush other other guy's bikes, other person's bike was was, was the stipulation in that match. So I had a Japanese um a Honda motorcycle painted in, in rising sun, you know, and and you can imagine. And you know what was really funny was because the wrestling audience they were all sitting on their bike, you gotta remember. So they were not typically wrestling fans. They were bikers. You know, they didn't get a lot of stuff. So all they know was, you know, this little short Japanese guys riding on a Japanese crotch rocket you know, dissing, you know, Medusa, you know, Miss USA, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and so, a um, little scary, uh, but uh, oh, oh, one set, uh, 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 safety, but um, that was fun. Um, um, of course, you know, always colorful. Ultimate Dragon has multi-outfit, um, uh, and the guy must spend, you know, half of his, 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 his uh, purse on 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 uh, his uh, outfit because the guy has him, you know. I don't th- I don't know if he wore same outfit ever um, uh, on television. Uh, I'd be surprised if he did. Then then of course um, uh, one of my favorite is is um, Akila Hokto. She was you know I managed her for one. She was you know she is and forever WCW World uh, uh, Lady Champion. Because we were supposed to do a, a, a payoff where Medusa was supposed to go to Japan and win it, and that never happened. Hmm. Interesting. I was not aware of that. That's a, that's a great bit of trivia right there. Right. Yeah, because uh, we beat Medusa twice, and Medusa, you know, was supposed to go back to Japan and and win it there at one of their big shows, and that never happened. So, you know. Wow. That's uh. That's that's really cool, and now we know Medusa. This past year at the uh, the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, pulled the old uh, WWF Ladies title out of the proverbial garbage uh, where it was <laughs> tossed in 1995. So uh, it's good to know yeah. that the, maybe the WCW title is uh, floating around out there. Hopefully not in a garbage someplace. No, no, no. It's 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 owned by um, Akira Hokuto, and by the way, she's one of the one of the one of the very famous. Television talent um, um, in Japan. She's she's more famous than, you know, not from wrestling, but um, she's she's as a television personality, she's really famous in Japan. Now, out of all the guys that you managed in WCW, did you think that there was anybody who caught on with the crowd right away? That maybe you know, right off that you know, right off the top, you didn't think they were going to connect as well because a lot of those guys were coming on TV for the first time in an era where there was, a, you know, millions of eyeballs each week. Was there anybody who stands out to you that, that definitely caught on faster than you thought? Well, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this, that you, you may or may not agree with me, but the, I try to bring the ladies and, and really try to push for the ladies of uh, the, it's called the Josh uh, Pro Wrestlers from Japan. Josh means ladies in J- uh, Japanese and and I was always amazingly impressed with how they worked, how tight they were, 
um, a brutally, you know, just stiff kicks and punches um, and, and, and maneuvers. Um, and, I mean, they work just as hard or probably more harder than, you know, and, and, and many of the uh, Japanese wrestlers, the famous Japanese wrestlers. And, and um, I do remember uh, we brought a, a, a couple of pretty famous girls from uh, uh, JWP and, and uh, um, Old Japan Women Pro Wrestling uh, Company. Um, uh, there was Oz and Cutie Suzuki. We brought them over. And I remember in West Virginia, um, they had a match. I think it might have been an opening act of Nitro. Or uh, uh, certainly the uh, beginning of the second hour, they had the girls, and these said, you know, these girls don't weigh 120 pounds, and they put on a such a, if you can find it, I, I, I dare you to look. They put on a such a show that that the guys in the backs were glued to the monitors, and they couldn't believe that some of the things these girls were doing, and. Um, you know, huge pop, and I thought, you know, God, this, you know, this is another element of uh, um, that we can add to certainly WCW as international, uh, uh, truly international stars of Japanese and Mexicans, and 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 we can bring these women wrestlers from Japan, and and Kevin Sullivan loved it, but uh, but he did, it, it told me afterward after the show. Um, um, when the show was totally over, I think we, we were sitting at the bar and uh, one of the Marriott in West Virginia, and, and I remember Kevin telling me, "Sonny, I, I, I got to tell you, the girls were wonderful. They were amazing, but I, I we can't we can't put them on television anymore." I looked at him and I said, "I'm not. I'm missing something here. I'm missing. You love them. They're great. They're you know they're amazing." They're good looking. What is the what is the negative? And Kevin told me, he says, "Sonny, they're making our boys look bad." Huh. <laughs> huh. I said, "Really?" So, yeah, they're they're just too much. Uh, and 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 you know, so we couldn't really bring a lot of those fast paced Japanese ladies. And, and even then, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Japanese uh, women wrestling. I mean, I, I think they're, you know, all Japan and a lot of the guy at Japan. And we had a relationship with the guy at Japan. We brought their girls over. Uh, we had a talent deal with them for a while. But, uh, um, you know, it kind of ended with really the three women that I really brought over with Chigusa Nagayo, um, uh, uh, Akila Hokuto, and Bodakano. Those are really the three you know, and they're they're legend in Japanese women wrestling. Um, so uh, you know, once again, I'm, I'm grateful that I got I got I got to work with that. But you know, to answer your question, that's one of the things that I I, I I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not in management. So, I, but I wish we could have we could have done more of that because I think women would have had lot, women wrestler would gain a lot more respect if 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 we could have continued that trend. Um, you know, they're not just eye candies. You know, they they work. They were amazing workers. Now, what was your favorite angle to be a part of when you were part of WCW? I mean, obviously you are part of some big ones. Can you pinpoint one specific one that you were possibly, you know, most uh, in love with? I think historically, you know, the NWO angle, NWO Japan thing. But, you know, I, I was I was only involved in the birth of that, you know, how how those two famous Japanese wrestlers, Chono and Muda, turned on me to create their version of, you know, New World Order in Japan, uh, which kind of invaded their own country, own company in Japan. You know, um, they had the same, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and we will bring NWO guys over to Japan and, and run amok over there, and, you know, beating up their guys. Kind of same kind of thing we did here. Um, um, you know, anti-hero angle, um, uh, anti-establishment angle. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm glad I was in the birth of that, but I wasn't really involved in any of that over there in Japan. Um, I, th- I think one of the most fun I used to have is, is uh, the guy I used to manage, uh, uh, you know, Yuji Nagata. 
I, I had a lot of fun, you know, managing Yuji. And but probably most fun I had was you got to remember I started out being basically a mouthpiece for the Japanese guys, including when I was managing Ultimo Dragon and Yuji Nagata and 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 all the famous Japanese wrestlers, including Muda and Chono. But probably most fun I had was when I was with, with Ernest Miller um, because Ernest, you know, my role changes from being a mouthpiece to a sidekick. Because we both, once again, Ernest backgrounds in martial arts. Even to this day, he still fights. And matter of fact, he just won uh, uh, 2014 um, 50 and over Fighter of the Year. So, yeah. So you know, he and and a man's still in amazing shape. So you know, the relationship I cultivated with Ernest, and we probably talked to each other once a week. um, And the thing we got to do was probably most fun I ever had. Because, um, um, you know, I, I didn't really talk a lot with Ernest because Ernest could talk and, he, you know, he was entertaining as hell. Um, what I got to do with Ernest was I was a sidekick. I was the reason why Ernest lost. You know what I mean? I faded the heat from Ernest. Ernest lost because he was either trying to protect me or I screwed up or something. That, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, so that was my part was Ernest. And and Ernest was such a talent, and and in my view of it, was that even when he when he when he when he lost, he never he never lost his luster, you know. He so it didn't really matter if he won or lost. Um, you know, Ernest was still cool, and he got to do things with James Brown. One of the, one of the funnest time we ever had was on a Saturday night TV taping. Jimmy Hart. Um, a lot of time he was directing the shows, he was booking a show, and Jimmy would let us do, you know, what we wanted to do. And so I remember um, uh, we had a match with Prince Ikea. So uh, because it's Saturday night, we get to do a lot of things on our own. And I said, well, so our our thing was uh, Ernest and I would get introduced in a ring, and Ernest would do his thing, and I said, and I would we get a microphone, and I said, Ernest. Guess whose your match tonight is? And he would go, who? I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I have Prince. Now, people, you know, people think in Prince, I, I care. But I said, so, like, as a, as as kind of playing up on foreigner, not, you know, making those mistakes. And I said, we have Prince. You know, Purple Rain, Prince. And, and Ernest and I will sing Purple Rain on the stage. And, of course, Halfway through that, because I'm not a very good karaoke guy, so you know, real bad rendition of Purple Rain and and uh, music would hit, and Prince I Care would come out, and, and the match would start, and uh, and so we wanted to kind of run with that angle. So next week's taping, we we had a guy named by Al Green, uh, who's who's a wrestler, who's a uh, been wrestling for a long time, and and I said, hey, sorry about last week. I don't know how I could made a mistake. I thought for sure Purple Rain, Prince, you know. But I found out today we got Al Green. You know, Al Green. Real <laughs> famous. Let's get together. <laughs> so we would sing, you know. And, of course, Al Green would come out and, 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 and start the match. And we wanted to kind of kind of keep doing that. But um, um, uh, we we kind of ran out of steam there and, this is why you know. I think what happened was we got taken off Saturday, and 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 they, they actually put us in, and, and we were on almost every Monday Night Nitro. Yeah, that wow, that's such a great uh, that, that's such a great story there, uh, with uh, with IAK and uh, and Al Green there. But uh, you know, Sonny, we have to wrap up. But this flew, I, and I can't believe it. Looking at the clock, um, but please. <laughs> Please tell the fans where they can get in contact with you and where we can find Sonny Ono. Well, they can find me on, you know, easiest way to get a hold of me is on, on the Facebook, you know, and you just, just look up Sonny Ono and and um, I live in a town called Mason City, Iowa, so you can't really, uh, and, I, you know, and, 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 and unless unless you're real, real bad guys, you know, I don't think I I, I made a deleted one guy uh, or defriended, you know, one guy that was a little bit crazy, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. You can contact me, message me, and uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to uh, uh, give you a little teaser that uh, there's a show uh, uh, being booked as we speak now, I think being announced, um, at West Virginia, um, uh, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, some of the great Japanese talents are coming over. Uh, and and I'm going to be involved in that show, and it's going to reunite re, reunite uh, 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 Sunny Ono with some of the great Japanese wrestler, uh, probably one of the most famous Japanese wrestler. Um, it's going to be coming over, so that, that's going to be. Uh, I, I believe the tour starts on. Uh, it's a five days we're working, and I think it starts around the 23rd of June, and uh, you can kind of check in, check the dates, um, and and as it gets released. A little bit more, I can I can tell you a little bit more about it. But uh, so uh, I'm going to be working those shows. Um, so people in West Virginia and and, and Charlotte and Atlanta, uh, I'll be seeing you uh, towards the end of June. Awesome, very cool. What a tease! And uh, you know, and I'm going to cut our interview.